Hey, Matt, let's tell our six listeners, or are we up to seven now? I'm not sure, about our new recording buddy, Riverside FM, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Yep, Riverside FM lets you record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a 1,000 miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. And it's as easy to use as that meeting app everyone usually uses for recording, but has much higher quality audio and video. And they have a mobile app, so guests can connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for the final girl of recording platforms for podcasts, webinars, and other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. That's S-H-I-P-I-T to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. The podcast you are about to listen to is an account of the movies which befell a group of horror fans. In particular, Tara Garwood and her intrepid friend, Matt Lolich. Had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected although they would have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as we are to see in those movies. For them, an idyllic summer movie became a nightmare, and they loved it. The movies that they watched were to lead to the creation of one of the most terrifying podcasts in the annals of American history. The Scary Movie Project. Hey, this is the Scary Movie Project, the podcast where we talk about scary movies. I'm Tara. And I am Matt. And it is wonderful to be joining everyone this evening, this afternoon, wherever you end up time of day you are listening to this. Um, Quick question, more of a statement. Who will survive and what will be left of them in the seminal film, The Texas Chainsaw? Massacre, or as I like to call it, TCM, or possibly just Chainsaw. That shows you how my level of comfort with this film. Um, I could go on for days, but I'm going to stop and I'm going to let you jump in and guide us through this wonderful piece of cinema history. So before we uh, before we get into that, though, you guys just heard our new intro to the podcast, ah, voiced yes. by the inimitable. Joshua Saxon. And we love him for um, that. Thank you, sir. It's wonderful. We we love him. We love yes. him especially for that. Yes. Um, he is a, a dear friend of mine from high school, and he's extremely talented. He's also narrated several audiobooks that you can find on Audible. Um, I listened to a collection of horror short stories that he narrated, and he is like awesome. perfect. That's, yeah. Just the right amount of spooky. He's so good at it. So... For those that know the movie and that um, that we're stealing that, I mean, he's not John Larroquette, but he's pretty damn good. He's he's really it's good. It's pretty good. And um, you can find him and his work at www.saxonaudio.com. Right on. So now I think we can go into the movie uh, Texas Chainsaw or Texas Chainsaw. Massacre? The Texas Chainsaw the, Massacre. But like, is it Chainsaw or is it Chainsaw? Is this like because the argument of Market Basket? Market it's like Basket both. or Market Basket? <laughs> but it's like both. Like on the on the poster, it looks like it's one word. But then like in the movie credits, well, it looks like two words. Well, I'm very confused by this, you guys. Well, somebody, was, somebody solve this for me. I can try to help you considering how there was, um, let's just say, uh, Underworld. Uh, issues involved in this movie we can get into that world into that later oh yeah we'll talk about that afterwards um so that could be part of what's going on but anyway um yes it is um it is a movie that is uh truly near and dear to my heart (laughs) yes i thoroughly enjoyed it um it's from 1974 yes it is old 
it's it's before we were both born. Oh, much before my time. Um, yes. I won't tell you how much before my time, but it is before my time. Yes. <laughs> um, directed by Toby Hooper. Yep. And Toby Hooper written. We of course oh, we sorry. we reviewed Poltergeist, which Toby Hooper did yes. as well, right? So this was was this his first film? Yeah. So or he just had, an early one. Well, he had made a movie called a student film called Eggshells bef- okay. before this, but this is don't forget, you know, he came from University of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like homegrown movie to him. Um, there's more to it than that, but um, yeah, this is a lot of it. Yeah. So he he had really done. He was in his early twenties when he made this movie. And this was so I read that this was made for like at the time like seventy thousand dollars or something if that and then the domestic box office was like 30 million so yeah so you know guys in the 70s it made 30 million so i'm a big fan of any of these a lot of these movies we talk a lot of stuff i mean these movies are made for nothing and they end up making a ton of cash i mean that's Mm -hmm. the reality now the thing about this film like Mm -hmm. i said we can get to this later but there were some um, stealing money and um, money laundering issues and different things that went on with this movie. So we can get to that later, though, I guess. Yeah, we can get to that later then. Um, so we'll start with the opening voiceover. Um, John Larroquette is, from Night Court. Yes, John Larroquette. <laughs> very cool. Did you know what he was paid for doing this narration? I don't think he was paid. I think he just wanted some credit <clears> or something, <throat> didn't he? He was paid one marijuana joint was he okay there's lots of so marijuana he says, in that movie so he says there's, he was paid one marijuana joint <laughs> uh you, hey you know what if that's what you want and i've i've there was marijuana and played a big part in that movie i think yeah that's pretty funny nice yeah so like there we go um i love right after the opening narration and like text on screen where they have those camera flashes eee. It's such yes. awful noise. So, so for those, <laughs> but that, it's such that a music, great way to oh, reveal the horror. Well, it's like a crime scene because that's yeah. So yeah. if anyone's wondering that what you might think is an awful noise, it is a tuning fork banged and rubbed against the piano wire. Oh. That is the that you get in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I have more to say about the soundtrack. I know far too much later. about this movie. I know way too much about this movie. I have learned more about this movie, or I should say, I've probably forgotten more about this movie than most people would ever learn. So it's including kinda, me. It's kind of sad. I'm but sure. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so we have these great camera flashes that yeah. sort of reveal the like horrific things, fingers it's, and the skulls. Yeah, and... fingers and skulls and scary things. Yeah. Um, and then we're hearing a radio report about grave robbing and yeah, a body that was strapped to a monument in the graveyard and just all this bad news. Jeez. And it's like this guy, it's like that covered muffled voice. And he's yes. the sheriff in Muerto. Muer, uh, I love Muerto County. Great name. Muerto County. Great name for where it is in Texas. County. Where it's just like, you are taken, you start with the movie, you're taken to this place. So if any of you, shameless promotion, if any of you want to read my website, I did a, I wrote a review on this film like last year. And it just it takes you to this place of like, I know right away, this is a bad place. Like this is a yeah. bad place I'm going to right now. And I don't really want to be here. And that's the way it starts. And that's like, it's perfect. Yeah. Everything on the radio yeah. is horrible news. So it's awful. Like it's so everything bad. is really horrible stuff happening. Yeah. And then, so there's these five kids, three guys and two girls in a van um, let's see. It's Sally. Yep. Her brother Franklin, who's good. who's in a wheelchair. Okay, so far so um, good. Um. Uh. Da, 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 da. Kirk. Yep. Good. Kirk and good. Pam, Pam, who I believe is his girlfriend. Yep. And then Jerry. Wow! Nicely done. I know. Thank you. And I think Jerry might be Sally's boyfriend, but they, it wasn't really made fully clear, I didn't it, feel like. It, it, no. I, if, it, if it was, I've never caught on to it. So, And I've seen it 760,000 so times. Yeah. So they're they're riding along in their van. and, and um, Could it be more Pam 70s, is, by the way? Right. Oh, my God. Their van is so 70s. And Pam is reading stuff about the Zodiac, also very uh-huh. 70s. Talking about Saturn is in retrograde. <laughs> yes, Saturn's in retrograde, guys. It's very bad news. Or v- I don't know what planet she um, said. Something. I don't know. And they they basically, they're going to the cemetery in Huerto County because Huerto. Sally wants to know. Um, they're going to stay at the grandfather's house, but Sally wants to know if her grandfather was dug up. So they right. stop at the cemetery to try and find out. 
They get back in the van. By the way, pass- cemetery is oh, real. Oh. You can visit the cemetery. I'll, I'll talk about that oh, you later. you can? Oh, yeah. So oh, Texas Ch- cool. Chainsaw Massacre uh, is one of the places I have not done a, my tour of yet, which I'm dying to. And unfortunately, I had passed up a chance to go to Austin years ago. That's where, well, I'll get, I'm getting too deep. but No, no, yeah. go ahead and get no, deep. No, no, it's real. I mean, you can go to that cemetery, and you can go to that, I think, ca- uh, grave that they put the corpse on top of. Um, most it of the still stu- is like most actually of, a real Yeah, one. so it's all in Austin. Um, a few places are outside it, but it's pretty close. And the house, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it later. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Sure. So, um, so they get back in the van. They pass a slaughterhouse, and Franklin is being gross and telling them all about how the cows used to get slaughtered and how they do now. And yeah, and it's, 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 he gets very, he goes into detail. Yeah. Um, he really goes into detail. And then they pick up this weird hitchhiker. Love him. Oh my God. He's such a weirdo. I think we just picked up Dracula. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so he talks about how he used to work at the slaughterhouse. Oh, he's a, my my, my brother works at the slaughterhouse. It's, it's really good. They, yeah, they that's actually that, a pretty good impression. They, they don't use that gun anymore. <laughs> yeah, oh, that guy's the best. The and he shows him, but he shows him pictures of the cows he's killed, uh-huh. and he's telling them more gross stuff. And then he takes Franken's knife and he cuts the palm of his own hand and then gives it back. He sure does. Why? I don't know. Just it's crazy. just he's weird. He's a weirdo. Um, and he has this huge camera. It's, you guys, it's a Polaroid. It's, it's great. So amazing. It has the like, the like, um, the, the lens on the front that stretches out. Yeah, the accordion uh-huh. lens. Yeah. It's amazing. With it's the so good. Individual flash cues. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. And you had to like change it each time. Oh, those were the days. So he takes a picture of Franklin. He tries to get him to buy it. And when they say no. It's a good picture. You can pay me now. It's a good picture. Two two dollars. Two dollars. Two dollars. So he pours gunpowder on. He sets it on fire. And then he attacks Franklin. And he cuts Franklin's Right on the arm. Like hard too. Like he really cuts it. Yeah. And you see it. Like you see the cut. Yeah. Um, So and then. So they they get rid of him. (laughs) They're like. You're out buddy. Um. I take a and picture. then it's a real good picture. I love him. Pam Pam reads Zodiacs for Franklin and for Sally, and they're not good. Just <laughs> I mean, just right. a little a little uh, pre preloading here. They are not great. <laughs> they're no, they're not going to have good times. Um, and hey, you know what? Turns out they're correct. They do not have a good time in this movie, guys. Just in case you it's were wondering, actually the complete opposite of a good time. In case you couldn't wait to tell, they do not have a good time. Yes. So they stop at a gas station because they're out of gas, and they ask about the old Franklin house. Yes, Franklin's first name is Franklin. Their grandfather is also well, Mr. Franklin. Right. But remember, um, um, and of course the the cook, as he's known, his his that's when we meet his character for the first time. Oh, he's, I was calling him the gas station owner. Okay, the cook. Yeah, so he's known as the cook. We'll call him the cook. He's okay, awesome. So, is it, uh, we we don't have gas transport won't we be by no till later and then yeah. and then well, you got some I love my favorite one of my favorite lines is we got some good barbecue here well, I bet you got, got some, some good, good barbecue, barbecue. yeah now, the one thing I love I love the dude who's just sitting in that chair and he just rolls out the soap bucket whenever the cook walks by yep yep and just starts washing the car and then he you know bangs on the car and he walks away and the dude follows him and then he goes back to the car and the guy gets up again yep. and just follows him back yep. and forth every time and just starts washing the windows <laughs> like this guy's life is so beyond simple he just washes windows on cars it's great That's i love it literally all the guy does in the it's, whole movie oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic um so he warns them they tell him they're they're asking about the frankel house and the owner warn the the cook warns them not to go you, messing around the old house oh, those girls don't want to go messing around that old house yeah. <laughs> Don't go messing around the old house. Um, Tonight's my night of impressions, by the way, of, of character. <laughs> it will be. Yeah. It will be your night of impressions. So then they see that the hitchhiker painted a symbol on their van with his blood. Yeah, I think he just wipes it, and they're just being crazy, like you think they're just being it. they're just being paranoid. I don't I couldn't personally tell. Like I didn't see didn't. anything in it, but I've also never really researched it. To be honest with you, I just never really bothered with it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really tie in no, much no, to anything else. It doesn't. Um, so they, they continue on. They go to Franklin and Sally's grandfather's house. 
This house is spooky AF, you guys. Oh, like, come on, we're in the middle of nowhere, Texas. What the hell do people, you expect? It's creepy. Yes. Um, it's all like run down and crazy, and it's everyone barely goes standing. upstairs. Yeah, it's barely standing. They all go upstairs, leaving Franklin alone. He gets all pissed. <laughs> yeah, he does a whole bunch of because <laughs> he's pissed that they left him alone downstairs. <laughs> oh, it'll be fun time, Franklin. Yes, yes. We'll have a good time. And I, I love um, those random shots, not random, every like minute or so of just tight shot of like a zillion spiders in the corner of the house, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And they make noise. There's so many spiders. They actually make noise, guys. Yeah. And well, I mean, I'm sure it's Spiders fully, don't make noise. It's fully effect, just, obviously. I had to check with my husband. I was like, that's a lot of dead long legs. And he said, yeah, so many, they make noise. And I said, they don't really make noise, though, do they? You right? I didn't think they did. And he was like, no, they don't make noise. That's a good I've never even thought about. <laughs> like, no, they don't make noise. Make noise. And I was like, point. okay, I didn't think they did. But for the movie. But they're they all like, it's like. Yeah. It is, right. It's like, well. It's so gross. Right. Because it has to get your senses going to make you be like, oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's so grody. Right. Um. So uh, while he's down there alone, Franklin finds a weird pile of like animal pieces and like some bones hanging in one of the doorways, mm, yep. um, which is just another thing that should really tell them, you <laughs> know, besides <laughs> if the Zodiac readings weren't enough, this should tell them, get the heck out of here. There's yep. something wrong. <laughs> so, uh, so now Kirk and Pam, they decide to go down to the beach. Well, remember, Frank, they asked it was so hot that Franklin said there used to be a swimming hole down. Yes, right. yeah, there used to be a swimming hole down there, right. So they're, so they're going down there. That's they're what like, you have when you live in Texas. You have swimming holes. That's right. Yep. So maybe it's not really a beach, but I'm going to call it beach because right. that's... Swimming hole. I don't know what else to call it. They go down towards the swimming hole. Um, there you go. And uh, they hear a motor running. And so they they yeah. want to go to the nearby farm to see if they'll sell them some gas. Right. And there's a generator, but they, they don't seem like, doesn't seem like anyone's at home. And um, first, they get up on the porch of the house, and uh, Kirk, uh, Kirk finds a, just a random tooth <laughs> with a filling in it. Yeah. Guys, yeah. with a filling in it. Right. Animals don't get fillings, okay? <laughs> Like, it took me a second, then I was like, oh, crap. Right. Animals don't get fillings. No, <laughs> That's creepy. Right. So he calls out, and he edges into the house. And Remember, and, remember he hands it to her. He says, I've got, she's oh, sitting yeah. on the stairs, and he goes, I got something for you, and he hands it to That's her. That's a proof, and he drops it, yeah. And so she, um, she, you know, wanders away a little bit, and he goes to into the house, and um, he hears a pig squealing, and he goes to investigate. Sure does. And he gets down the the hall and whack, Leatherface just whaps him in the head with a big old hammer. And we're calling him Leatherface if you haven't seen the movie, guys, because he wears, he's this huge guy who wears a leather um, mask over his face. Well, not so much leather. (laughs) It's it's people's faces. (laughs) It would be leather. That's leather. Yes, it's fair enough, but it is a mask made of... It's a skin that has been tanned. It is leather. So he has multiple people's faces. He has the pretty woman mask, the killing mask, and anyway, yeah. Okay, you're right, you're right, and yeah. He has has three masks, I think? I believe it's three. Um, But so, oh, by the way, so he hits him in the head with a big hammer. By the way, you should know, guys, all the weapons used in this movie are the real thing. They did not have like prop weapons. Hell they no, were they didn't have any money. the real thing. Huge ass sledgehammer. Real chainsaw real with the chain out of it. Chainsaw, real. It's all real. So that scene you're talking about is one of the iconic horror scenes of all time, by the way. It was so, it was just over so quick. Well, because it what just... got you, what got you is when, you know, it's one thing when he falls in, he trips over the doorway at the ramp and right. you know, the, the camera pans up and he's got the hammer and he cracked you had that sick sound. They did a great job with the sound of it hitting his head. Mm-hmm. But when he slams that door and it boom, that is like that moment of, oh my God. That gets you like, what the hell is about to go on behind that door? Yeah. And that's like, when your imagination just here? takes off. Yes. Yeah. And and it's very it's I mean, all of the all of the 
murders are like that where you don't really see as not as much as I expected to see. Well, that's part of what um, I'll talk about that later. What makes the movie so good? Yeah, they they leave a lot to your imagination. Um, so Pam now she's been sitting outside a little ways away. She goes to look for Kirk because she hasn't he hasn't come out of the house. So she also goes into the house. Sure does. And she hears a chain rattling, and then she trips over a chamber pot in this grody-ass room. That room is one of my favorite scenes, though. Oh, man. That, that's... It's all, like, chicken feathers and stuff all over the floor and bones and gristle and, ooh. And it's that, yeah. that almost inhuman form that's made out of all different bones. Yes. It's up there like that. It almost reminds... Um, oh, I'm trying to think of some other scene or something I've seen that in. But, yeah, when she trips in there... Yeah, and they play that, that not even music, that score they made. Yeah. And that rattling sound, and you're just like, oh, I've, again, it's like that opening, like, uh, cemetery, like, I've got to get out of here. This is not good. This is not good. This is a bad, bad place. Yeah. And there's a, there's a chicken in a bird cage, sure which is. they like, they like focus on. Yeah. And yeah, at first I was like, why are why are we zooming in on the damn chicken when there's all this gross shit in here? But I think it might be to show that you aren't any different than the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just you're chaos. Both just you're both just a source of meat. Pretty much. Like, so yeah. There's there's feathers and there's bones and it's really gross. And she gags and like tries to get out of there, but Leatherface she almost she gets al- away too. Yeah, she almost gets the door, and Leatherface grabs her. He's just like pulls screaming. her back into the room that he had pulled Kirk into, <laughs> and hangs her on a freaking meat hook. Sure does. Done by and the way he, with pantyhose, a rig made of pantyhose. Um, and then I read that they put um, they put maxi pads. They padded the cord with maxi pads. Yep, yep. yep. They did a whole bunch of improv. Whatever they could um, yeah. to make that work, to hang her up on that thing. And it looks yeah. pretty damn real, though. Yeah. And so then, so once he's hung her on the meat hook, meat hook then he starts the, the titular chainsaw to carve up Kirk right in front of her. Sure does. Cut to wind pump. Yes. Which is sort of a windmill, but it pumps water. Um, for those of you who are not from the middle of the, the, middle of the country. There you go. Thank you for that. Um, hmm. So I like, there you go. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. It's our education. That's good. I Yes. I, I learned that because of this movie. I was like, what is this windmill thing? And we looked it up. It's a wind pump. And it's because uh, it's so flat out there that you can't rely on the water to roll downhill to get it sure. to different places. So you have to pump it. Yeah. I mean, look at all the old. I mean, yeah, they, they got a generator running their house. Look at all the old yep. stuff they've got. Yeah, they're. Yep. I mean, they're totally subsistent, really. I would so say. So there you go, little little middle of the country uh, trivia for you there. Very good. So uh, back at Grandpa's house, uh, Jerry is teasing Franklin about the hitchhiker coming to kill him. He's coming to get you, Franklin. Yeah, he's going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> and Franklin's looking for his knife. Um, he's really worried about that knife that he lent Sally while they were driving right. the van to cut food with. Um, Sally gets in the van to look for it. Jerry decides to go down to the beach to look for Kirk and Pam because it's been a little while. And Franklin's like super worried about the guy following them. Like he's afraid the hitchhikers. He's, he's, he's freaking out after him. He's, he's, he's yeah. yeah, he's already freaking out like from, from the word go. So Jerry goes down to look for Kirk and Pam and he gets to the farm <laughs> and he's calling out to see if anyone's there and he's about to leave but he sees the blanket that Kirk and Pam had. Um, and so he he goes into the house to look for them. And he goes into the, the for lack of a better word, the carving room. The killing room. The killing room. There we go. Um, and nobody's there. But he hears knocking. So he <laughs> opens the freezer and Pam pops oh, out. Oh, man. That was a crazy scene. <laughs> And it's yeah, it was freaky. Um, I know. First time you see it, you're like, oh my lord, is she was, is she dead? Like is she? Yeah, she's still alive. She's right. still alive. Um, and actually, I read that she uh, maintains that she thinks Pam was a fighter, mm. and she got herself out of that freezer and got away. That's what she. That's what the actress thinks. Okay. She's decided that 
Yeah, they she never showed Pam it. Got away. So yeah, we yeah, never, they never showed never her die. Sh- yeah. So she thinks Pam got away. We actually never um, saw any of them technically die. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, keep going. So so uh so then Jerry's freaking out because Pam just sat up in the freezer and Leatherface cracks him over the head and puts Pam back in the freezer. Just runs in squealing and just busts just, right boom. Yeah, and shuts yeah. the fucking freezer. <laughs> just <sighs> just whap. So good. Um, so now it's dark. And then this Le- was all in the day, Le- and then now it's dark. Remember Le- Leatherface has that moment too of like, it's almost like it's like his personal moment with him, real quick. Remember where he like runs back into the room of bones, and he's kind of or back in the kitchen. He's kind of just sitting there, and you see that look on his face, and he realizes like he's kind of freaking out. Like these people are trying to escape. Is he doing a good job? Is he is, is he is he doing his job right? Mm-hmm. Is he killing? Mm-hmm. Like he he's so simple, and he's so you know just devolved you know that he's he's a human but not really but he just yeah. he, he knows enough like is he doing his job properly is he, is he doing what he's supposed to do? it's that moment of like with a regular character it'd be like that moment of um you know fear like am i doing what i'm supposed to do here but right. it, we got it with this half monster half human kind of person it's interesting yeah 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 that's i'd forgotten about that moment um but yeah definitely so um so now it's dark and Sally and Franklin are worried about the others that maybe they got lost. Um, Franklin thinks they ought to go back to the gas station, but Sally wants, he's got the flashlight. Sally wants the flashlight so she can go look for him. Franklin won't give it to her. So he wants to go with her. So she's got to push him around through the woods. And she tells him like, I can't do it. Like I, I'm not going to be yeah, able to do it. Like she's like pushing him around through the woods. It's obviously really hard. And they're calling for Jerry and Leatherface shows up. You could not send a text message then. Yeah, no, you could not send a text message. You could not call them on the cell phone. None of that. So Leatherface shows up, and he just chainsaws the shit out of Franklin. So I love that scene, because they're just kind of dry. They're pushing through the dark, and you can tell, you know, it's not nothing's lit, because they didn't have any equipment. Mm -hmm. And it's just that moment of he's like, oh, Sally, hold on, I hear something. And instantly, just the chainsaw revs up, and all it is is the flashlight shot of Leatherface, and yeah, and he just... Oh man! Oh man! Just carves yeah. him up. He just he carves him up, and um, Sally runs away, and he's chasing after her. And the woods are really dense, like and they're real. It's these like dry, dry branches, which apparently scraped her really badly. So some of the blood on her costume was actually hers. Her hair's so her hair's caught up in it. So I was gonna mm-hmm. wait till so. I met her, Marilyn Burns, the actor. I met her at a Monster Mania show a long time ago. She is sadly passed on. She's gone now. But she was in her probably 60s or 70s at the time when I met her, and I asked her a million questions. And, yeah, she talked about stuff like that. She was like, there were no rehearsals. There was none of that stuff. This was just happening. Like, we were just doing this. We went into the woods at nighttime, and we just shot footage. Yeah. (laughs) I also read that none of them met the guy who played Leatherface until Gunnar Hansen. Their scene with him, which was generally their death scene. Which is kind of cool because it's more genuine. So, yeah. But she was. Yeah. She, yeah. She said, what you saw is what you get. Um, But that would scare me to work with an actor like that who I hadn't really met and didn't have like, like full trust with yet. That would True. be really, really nerve wracking. I think. I think so, but it, even I didn't. I didn't know that was interesting. I didn't know that when I was talking to her. But yeah, fields full of marijuana that they were running through. I mean, this is just <laughs> the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Texas. What what you saw is what yeah. you get. So yeah, Gunnar Hansen. I met him too. He's actually sad thing about this movie is a lot of these folks are are gone now. Actually, I think half that cast is, has died. But Gunnar Hansen uh, was a stage theater actor, like a method, like Shakespeare actor. And yeah. he, he just needed a gig, and he, I think he knew Toby Hooper, and he mm-hmm. he was like, "Here, you, you play a maniac in a mask." Okay, sounds good. Uh, he's huge. He is like six foot five in real life. I met him, and he's like terrifying, <laughs> and he's the nicest guy in the world. But he's yeah. a very thoughtful human being, like himself, actually. But playing this part, it's interesting. He's he's famous for it forever. He never really did anything after this. He did like theater stuff again. He yeah. he, he really didn't want to be this movie guy after that. But it's like playing Michael Myers or playing Jason. They don't speak. These these aren't you know speaking roles. These are like body language roles and things like mm-hmm. that. And yes, the chainsaw was real. Now they took the chain out of it, but right. that thing was running. 
That was a running chainsaw with gasoline that he was running through the woods chasing people with. That's still very dangerous. Yeah, um, definitely. And, yeah, and this is in the middle of Texas. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little more about but, that later. Yeah, but yeah, um, um, meeting those two people was amazing, and getting to know those stories because this movie became like mythical for me after a while. So anyway, yep. Go ahead. Yeah. So so okay. So she's been running away from him through the woods. She runs, of course, straight to the house. I mean, I trying would. to find help. Right. She doesn't know. Which, she hasn't know, been there yet. It would make perfect sense if it wasn't the, his house. Um, right, but she doesn't even which know. She that. doesn't know. Right. right. So. so she goes inside and she goes upstairs and she finds a dead man and woman. Um, and a dog. <laughs> oh, right. And the dog, too. Yeah. Mummified folks just sitting in a, in a room just all in the attic. Mummified. Yeah. And so he chases her upstairs and she jumps out a window. Mm. That's window number one, guys. Don't forget to get in the house. He has taken the chainsaw and he's cut through the oh, door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That he will had come to back cut later. Through the door. He had to cut through the door to get into the house um, because she has locked the door behind herself. And he's like, I don't need a keys. I have a chainsaw. I get through anything with this. (laughs) So he chases her upstairs. She jumps out the window. She keeps screaming like that's not going to help him locate her. Although I guess if I was really being chased by a maniac with the... With the chainsaw, I might just keep screaming yes, too. But I'm 100% I keep, sure I keep you thinking, would. shh, be quiet. Maybe he won't know where you went. Be quiet. Nope. And she just she's just going. So she gets to the gas station and she tells the cook he's there. And she tells him he's gotta call the police, but he says he doesn't have a phone. I ain't got no so phone. So he says, here. <laughs> It's okay, it's okay, it'll be okay. I just I'll go get the truck. We'll drive there. And then I'll go get the truck. One of my favorite, one of the, to me, the one of the scariest scenes in the movie is right there where he leaves the little back room mm-hmm. with the door open. And the shot is real simple. It's just a shot of her in her utter panic and then mm-hmm. a shot back to the empty door and looking at the dark outside. Yep. And she's just sitting there. And to me, that still, ooh, that like creeps me out. Like, when is this psychopath? gonna come out because you can't hear the chainsaw anymore you're like what happened what's going on like that is a scary scene to me so this is the moment right after the door thing she looks over at the barbecue Uh uh-huh and that's that's the bit that gets me where you go oh god (laughs) he told jeweler he's got some real good barbecue oh god that's the barbecue oh no yeah makes you think about eating um yeah, so yeah, that scene is 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 a well done spooky scene. I feel like. Yeah, so he she's so, so vulnerable. That door just open like that. Oh yeah, yeah, like leaving the door. Oh well, yeah. So the the cook comes back. He's got a rope and a potato stack, <laughs> potato sack. Excuse me, and she freaks out. <laughs> and he beats her senseless with a broom. And he's laughing the whole time, telling her to shut up. Oh my god, yeah, I love it. He beats her senseless with a broom, and he breaks the broom on her. And definitely like, the funniest scene of he, the movie ties her up he puts the sack over her head and as he's driving back he just keeps poking her with what's left of the broom handle and cracking up yes he's entertaining himself he's so like happy with himself oh my god he's talking to her and he's giggling and chuckling and like poking her he's he's crazy very (laughs) i mean as if we didn't already know so they come across the hitchhiker but this is when you also realize he's in on this because of course you had no idea Mm -hmm. before right yeah, that's when you find out, oh, he's one of them too. Yes. So we come across the hitchhiker as they're driving. He's driving her back to the house, and um, the cook yells at him. For he's part of the family. Going you find over out. to the right. graveyard. Yeah, so they're you all part of the family. You stupid idiot, what I tell you, messing around the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now we've realized, first we realize, oh, the cook is, is in it with Leatherface. And then we realize, oh, the hitchhiker is in it with the cook and Leatherface. Yeah. Like, all within the space of, like, two minutes. All right. So they get back to the house, and the cook then proceeds to yell at Leatherface. My favorite line for, in that For movie. ruining the door. That, sh- that is, the- when he gets there, and he stands there, and he just looks at him, steps back, and, look what your brother did to the door! Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. So, so he yells at oh, Leatherface. He makes God. sure none of the kids got away. He beats them for ruining he the just door. Hits, he just run, all he does is he run around hitting hits people. Them. Yeah. Yeah, he just hits them. Yeah. Um, and then he tells Sally, oh, take it easy, and we'll have dinner for you right away. Mm-hmm. I am concerned about this, guys. At this point, I am like, uh, they'll where, have dinner. What? Where, where are we going with this? Right. 
I don't want her to have to eat this dinner. Or or become dinner. Or become dinner, yeah. yeah. So they bring down Grandpa, oh, the dead Grandpa. man who she saw earlier, the mummified guy. Love Grandpa. They cut her finger, stick it in his mouth. Well, don't forget, don't preceding this, oh, don't oh, remember, oh, wait. preceding this, they do try to have a meal, remember? And I thought is, that was after this. No, no, Grandpa's the last part. Oh, okay. Sorry. They try to have that meal, and it's the most demented family dinner in the history of yes. cinema. And she's tied to a chair. She passes out. Then she wakes up. She's tied to a chair. Made of human body parts, I might add, which I will explain a oh, little bit yeah. more of later. Um, but yeah, it's just... And they're just like looking at her and staring at her. And you get these moments of just these intense... I don't know what lenses they were using. I'd like to know. These shots are so close of literally her eye. And these they are so close. close-ups. You are looking at like blood vessels inside of her eye. Like they are mm-hmm. so close. And these just crazy... like film school shots that you would not make in a regular movie yeah and it is just the most bizarre scene and, they, and they're howling they really, yeah, he's sitting there going yeah howling like a pack of dogs <laughs> and they really those those extreme close-ups seem kind oh. of out of place with the rest of the cinematography it's, that's so like yeah. standard sort of it's weird but i think they're like I think they're trying to show her like an animal in captivity it's, panicking, yes, like yes. with her eyes rolling and everything. Oh no, it's perfect. It, 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 it seems weird, but it, but it fits so perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So so then they they've brought down Grandpa. Grandpa. So basically, he's got to be like 175 years old. Well, right? well, at this point, we don't know. We think he's dead. Oh, okay. Okay. Right? Well, at this yeah. point, it seems like they brought this dead man down. They cut her finger. True. And they stick it in his mouth, and that's when we realize he's not dead. He's sucking the blood from her finger. And the scariest part of that scene is when he does it. I'm you're you can't see me, but he starts like pumping his fists and his legs like a little baby sucking on a yeah, bottle. Yeah, like it yeah. is so demented and twisted. It's perfect. So, like the person who thought of that to do that was genius because that is like oh my god, this is so oh, bizarre. Yeah. So get this. So the fake blood for the gag, wouldn't come out of the tube. Mm. So the actress playing Sally just moved her finger to make them really cut it. There you go. You got to do what you got to do. I didn't, I did not, so, I, I hadn't known that either. Yeah. So they really cut her finger. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. For that scene. And also I learned that the guy who played grandpa, he was actually not very old. John Dugan or something. Yeah. He was in his 20s yeah. or something. I don't know if he's still and around. And he, he, they spent five hours getting him into makeup. He hated it so much. He said, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. And so they had to shoot all of his scenes at once. And it took 36 hours, yep. including the five hours that, that yep. it took to get him into makeup. And so remember, keep in mind that this was, this was a shoot in the middle of Texas, in the in middle of summer. Blazing heat. With the inside of a house with no air conditioning. Which and I think it might have been one of the hottest summers like of the time no air conditioning and they had to cover the windows with heavy blankets to block the sun mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just try to imagine i mean the product steaming the production of this movie was a massacre in, in and of itself quite yeah. frankly yeah but that's just part of the story so anyway keep going though okay so they they they've done the whole dinner thing and then they they get her and they Put her over a metal tub, and they're gonna hit her with the sledge, hit her head with a sledgehammer. Because they're gonna kill her too. Remember, Grandpa's the best it ever was. Well, Grandpa's <laughs> the best it ever was, so they're gonna let Grandpa hit her with the sledgehammer. Kill her, Show Grandpa, him how he does her, it. Grandpa. Yeah, and he keeps dropping it. Which again, guys, remember these are this is a real sledgehammer. He's just the actor is aiming to drop it in the metal tub. And so all they're doing is... And missing her head by like an inch. Leatherface is just basically putting it in his hand and doing it for him because this guy is like... He's like a hundred and... He's basically a vampire. He's like 175 years old and he just stays basically alive by sucking blood every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he keeps dropping it and while they're distracted... She gets loose, crashes through the window, and staggers away. That scene, I because that I love that scene because you really at this point you're so lost and you're kind of squirming in your seat because like you just watched something so depraved. You don't you don't really think about what time of day. And she busts out yeah. and you realize the sun is just it's like six in the morning at this point. Yeah, it's a shock when the sun yes. is out. And she looks up and there's that quick shot of her face and she's covered in blood and you're just like, oh man, what just happened? Right. 
Yeah, and so she's she's she busts through the window. So this is her second window that she crashes through. <laughs> That's right. Um, two windows crash through. One dude killed by the titular chainsaw. So there you go. Um, she uh, she staggers away. She's the Leatherface and the hitchhiker are chasing her. They've like almost get her, but she gets to the road and a truck comes and he he runs over the hitchhiker. Oh, when that that scene is incredible. And then oh, Leather Chase so Leatherface keeps coming and he chases her and the truck driver. And the truck driver throws a rock at him and Leatherface no, cuts his own leg. He pulls out that giant uh pipe wrench and throws it oh, at him. Oh, is that what he threw? Yes. Okay. He pulls it out of his cab. And that mom, that, ba- I didn't that baby, see what he threw. Okay. that baby is like a giant pipe wrench for like a huge, like three inch pipe for plumbing. That thing weighs probably 10, 15 pounds. And yeah, he and he just wings it, it at him. Right at Leatherface. Yep. And Leatherface ends up cutting his own leg with the chainsaw, which Real. is the only time we ever see the chainsaw actually cutting anyone. Yep. Yep. And I learned how they did this. Do you know how they did this? Um, I don't know if that was an accident and they ended up keeping it or not. I don't remember. So, no, they put a metal plate oh, that's with right. a piece that's right. of meat and a blood bag that's right. over it. That's right. But the friction of the chainsaw hitting the metal plate burned his leg. Mm-hmm. I think I do remember him, and I met him, him saying he got a burn. But I don't ever remember yeah. the whole story. Yeah, so okay. he got burned because the friction of the chainsaw sure. hitting the metal plate like burned him. Sure, I bet. Um, yeah. So when he was screaming in pain, he really was screaming in pain. Yeah, I sure. Um, so then, then, um, the truck driver and she keep running, and a pickup truck comes by, and she gets in the back and rides away to freedom as she's deliriously laughing. And she, yeah, she's deliriously laughing. And then we have go, this, go. <laughs> yeah, yes, go. oh my god, just yeah, she's completely nuts. She's lost her mind. And then that lovely, beautiful final scene of Leatherface just spinning with the sunrise behind him and the you know Texas yeah. nothingness, and just wildly spinning his chainsaw for the last like fifteen seconds of the movie. And then yep, waving the chainsaw. And it's just like iconic. Um. So so let me ask you this. Please. Because you know you know this better than I do. Is Sally the first final girl? I have never really thought about I that. I think she potentially might be. I think I want to say I wrote about her in my article on the final girl. Shameless promotion number two of this event. <laughs> read, please read that. Uh, let's see. Let's think. Let's think. Okay, 1974. That predates Halloween, which we love to talk about. Jamie Lee Curtis, of course. So that would predate her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say Last House in the L- No because she dies. What about not spit on your grave? Because sh- that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very possible that she is our very first. I think she might be. Yeah, maybe I did write that. I can't remember. Okay, it, yeah, because, I mean, this this movie is so old, and, yeah, it was... If if she's not the first, she's very close, guys. Oh, yeah. Very close to the first. So this movie is worth watching, if for no other reason, for its historical significance in the horror genre. Um, and it's worth watching for other reasons oh, as well. It's it's so a reasons. really... <laughs> it's a really good movie. So um so uh, uh, let me see. So what do we know about this movie? Oh, one interesting <laughs> thing. Do you really want me to start um, with this? Yeah. We, we're here for a while. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, let me say. So one interesting thing I learned was that um, Toby Hooper was trying to get a PG rating <laughs> by not showing most of the actual violence. Right. But the ratings board kept giving it an X rating as he kept cutting things out and cutting things out until finally he cut enough to get it rated R and he just gave up and released mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> he was like, good enough. Yep. And he just released it. Yep. Um, and, um, oh, the thing about the soundtrack I was going to say was apparently they had a little bit of music and they had the tuning fork thing, but most of the soundtrack was the sounds that animals would hear inside a slaughterhouse. Yes, I was going to bring that up too. Yeah, and there's that one scene. Remember, whenever when they heard "Drop," remember this or not? It's it's quick and it's like, it's that kind of just like it's it's not a PSA, but it's like, hey, just watch this real fast. Mm-hmm. When they're in the van talking about the slaughterhouse and they drive by it, and there's just B-roll basically. It's really fast. Two seconds of a bunch of mm-hmm. cows, then some more cows confined in inside yeah. the pens. And then a shot, if you notice, 
of a cow drooling after I think it's been shot in the head. <gasps> so it's that. real. Oh, I'm, I'm glad I missed that. I'm really glad it, I missed it's that. Not like the ex- it's not like The Exorcist where it's like a one frame, but it's a couple seconds. It's just kind of that like moment where you d- your mind goes, hmm, ooh. That's what actually happens in a slaughterhouse. People don't oh, think I'm about really stuff glad like I didn't that. Catch on to that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's some weird stuff that goes on in that movie. So, well, so, um, Hooper said that the quote lack of sentimentality and the brutality of things made him believe that quote man was the real monster here, just wearing a different face. So I put a literal mask on the monster in my film. Okay. Um, and he uh-huh. also. Um, said that in in a way that he thought the heart of the film was about meat, that it's about the chain of life and killing sentient being, okay. beings, which I like because I definitely saw the, like, meat industry comparison in mm. there. Like, they are being slaughtered the way the way we slaughter animals for meat. Um, as a vegetarian, I like that message, yeah. I guess. Um, no, you know, that's it's just the idea that these humans are going through it like animals in a slaughterhouse. Yep. yep. So um, where do I start with this movie, right? There's a lot to jump into. So to your what you were saying right there, just your, your two themes of it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's you talk about the slaughterhouse aspect. So it's these people that have been put out of work, basically, right? They don't have jobs anymore. Yep. But they don't know anything else. They don't know any. Mm-hmm. So they're just still doing their job, and they're just kidnapping people and killing them and eating them. I mean, you look at all the – when they found the house, see all those old cars that were underneath that, that army mm-hmm. tarp? Those are all cars from people they have kidnapped and killed in the last God knows how long. So, yeah, they don't have – their industry has dried up. It's all over. They have no ways of income. They have no job. and They have no industry mm-hmm. anymore. They're just doing what they know, and it's just it's, so. It, 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 it's so crazy to think about something like that. The other theme of that movie is this is just after Vietnam. So I would say that sounds like capitalism did it to them. Sure, yeah, and that's a theme that comes through. And keep in mind too, is after Vietnam happened. So remember, people then were watching on the news every night footage mm-hmm. of people being killed in war. Like this yeah. was a normal thing. Yeah. And so you had seen this stuff. And they're showing you a movie like of this stuff now. Like this is real stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, very. I'm trying to think of the best way to just kind of dive in and, and and dig through all of it the best I can. <laughs> um, yeah, those are two themes. Oh, the theme of the city versus the uh, the country, right? Oh, right. So for me, okay. So I I first saw this movie when I was like 12, probably. Right. I think it was one of those movies you rent with your friends or whatever at the video store. I remember seeing it in the cover. So that's what got me into it, too, was the title, obviously, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How do you not get interested in watching a movie with that title, <laughs> right? Of course. Sure. Right. So I had to see it. It was a movie that I had heard of. We didn't have the you know, internet and things like that where we could find and hear about these things and read more about them. So, But we knew it was a movie that was like you know, legendary, basically. And I, I loved every part of it from the first time I saw it. But the thing about it is, remember, there's hardly any blood. You really... Don't see a lot of violence. It happens like behind mm-hmm. those doors, mm-hmm. and that's the thing where you can tell. I've met, I've known throughout my life. I always can tell the person who's never seen this movie because they say what an awful movie it is because of the title, but they have no idea. They have no clue. Yeah, what it's act- yeah. I mean, this anything. was my first time seeing it, and I, it I have to off. say, I was a little, I was a little nervous because I thought it was going to be super. Gory. That's what, and that's right. That that's that's the problem. That's I was the I was a little bit nervous thing. about it. Yep. Um, but it's not. It's it's really but not. It's not. But in a way, that's more disturbing. It is because, because like you said, when you close that, your slot, imagination. That's but right. also, but also the violence is so. What's the word I'm looking for? It's it's so banal. Yeah. Like it's just. They just do it. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not, not, it's not, it's not set up. There's no or build fancy. Up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's just. It just happens. Boom. Yeah. You get hit in the head with and a, then with it's a over, and, and it's then done. somebody's dead or or right. knocked out or whatever, and right. or hung on a hook. Like it just happens. Right. Um, so I, which is terrifying. Was, oh God. So I was sure after that. I mean, I totally was bought into. And until I finally went to Texas years ago, and I've been like twice now, but. I was I was for years like I am never going to Texas. I was convinced <laughs> I was going to run out of gas 
and I was going to get lost like there, and I was going to get chopped up by these psychos and fed to somebody. So, like, I had this, you know, aversion of that, which is obviously nonsense and made up, of course. I knew that would actually never really happen. But it's that whole city versus, you know, everything was pure this way, but now it's bad this way and back and mm-hmm, forth. Mm-hmm. And now the country is actually the place where you want to avoid because of these crazy bastards that are out here. Um, Production-wise, I mean, look, it, it looks like a documentary movie. It looks like someone grabbed a camera and went out there and shot this thing on 16 millimeter and yeah. didn't know much about what they were doing. But yeah. let me tell you, and there was a quote by Rob Zombie when he was talking about this movie one time. And he's talking about... I mean, is this like just a bunch of crazy people in this movie? Well, if it is, these crazy people sure can't act. Because, <laughs> <He said> <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. Like, I mean, the hitchhiker is amazing. These people are, I mean, just this whole setting. Like I said, you know, you see this cemetery and it's so, I am not like a hot weather person. I don't care for it much for it. And this movie mm-hmm. just oozes with just, I feel like I need like a shower or a swimming pool after this movie. Because I feel that heat and that humidity and that stench of just Mm -hmm. the middle of summer in, like, the great deep part of Texas. I can't even imagine it, right? But that's what I love because it it, it connects me. It makes me feel like I actually feel that part of that movie. Like, it is so hot. It is so gross. It's you, yeah, you can. You can feel it as oh, you're watching That it. movie just puts it out and projects it onto you like that. It's unbelievable. You feel that stuff. Um, there are some great shots in that movie. Um, I know mm-hmm. one is, take it in your meaning as you want, but the scene where Pam gets up from the swing and that tracking shot goes underneath her on the track and it follows her. It follows mm-hmm. her from her behind and it goes up to the house mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful shot. And a couple of shots where they pan past the gas station and that shot where they follow her from behind they recreated in cabin fever when the woman gets out of the boat and it follows her up the same way oh, that yep. was good homage yep. to that so the guy um what's his name daniel pearl is a cinematographer and he did the remake also actually trivia but i think he does a well job with, i mean these folks had no money they had no real crew if there's any lights it's freaking house lamps it's not like it's studio yeah, it, yeah. it isn't film lighting no, I mean, what they did with what they great. had was amazing. I mean, I'm actually. telling you, I mean, it's got good audio. It's got great Foley and great sound. I mean, the sound design is The excellent. sound design is very is good. a lot of what makes it so scary. And I mean, this movie to me is just, it's just scary. Like, this is what scares me. Um, you know, when, when if, if, you, if you, like you said, those, those death scenes, if you went and set those up and blocked them and lit them and did them on a studio, they would mm-hmm. look like crap, wouldn't they, right? They, they wouldn't work. They work in yeah. this movie because they're just real. They're actually, they're doing it. Right. Well, I think, and I think that... You can't, like, try to make that look good. Yeah, I think it's the the style. It needs to look like somebody just grabbed a camera and filmed yes. it. Yeah. Or it wouldn't feel so real and 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 disturbing. I'm going to say disturbing again because it's one, disturbing. Yeah, it is. It is disturbing. <laughs> this is one of the first movies that I really, once the resources became available through magazines and online, that I could finally start looking up and researching. And I used to read about this movie all the time. Because it was, it was one of these movies they would call in London, in, in England, video nasties is the term they have, mm-hmm. where they ban these movies and they don't want you to see it. This was like a taboo movie. But they mm-hmm. had it at the video store. And it was like, I had to watch this. And after I wa- I was like, this, I love it. This is so, I feel like I wasn't supposed to be watching this. You understand what I mean? Like yeah. this, like this, this shouldn't be available to the public. This, this is like a, like a you know snuff film almost kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's, like, oh, it's not yeah, real. I can see that. So that's what I thought, yeah. and I still love it. And it, I mean, it, 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 it frightens me. It really does. It's, it's intense. To I haven't watched it in a long time. It's kind of committed to my memory, but I truly love it. Um, the sequels are take them, take them or leave them. Quite frankly, um, the remake I was not sure about. I went and I saw it in the theater. I actually liked it a lot. And That'd I actually, I actually loved the prequel. I thought that was great. It's really just violence for an hour and a half, basically. But I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, this, this movie, like for me, is kind of like like for it's 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 one of my top five favorite horror, maybe top three movies ever in horror genre. Um, I really just enjoy. I really love everything about it. I think it's so simple, but it's so great. And I was saying, mm-hmm. if you want to go check it out, well, first of all, watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: A Family Portrait. 
or the shocking mm-hmm, truth mm-hmm. it's called there's like two documentaries they're very very good yeah watch those gives you a good look into it like i said sadly everybody's gone i think i've met two folks from it uh, my poster is signed by gunner hansen who played leatherface which is awesome <laughs> i have it framed and if you go to yeah so austin the cemetery is there so the house the house is real it was in bad it's been moved right yes good call it was in bad shape and they found it and they moved it and they moved it into quick hill i think i don't really know texas that well quick hill it's called and they restored it into like a restaurant so Ooh, i think they res- they restored the gas station too ah i'll get to that too good point. oh okay okay yep. Ooh. no no you, you're right so the house is a restaurant now and i think you can actually eat in the living room where they have the dinner in the movie <sighs> so that would be I, I so when i get down there at some point i'm gonna do all that i'm gonna do a little road trip Yep, the gas station is back up. I think they have an old soda machine, just like the old one in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, hopefully that guy is there with the bucket that comes to wash the car, too. That'd be great. Oh, that He's would be awesome. So great. And you can go visit. I found out where the house is from the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you can go see that as well. Okay. So yeah, good tour to go see. Sadly, I haven't, I haven't made it down. I've been to Texas, just not to go do those things. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this movie to me is... The themes are... A lot of themes in it. Um, we talked about the Vietnam thing. We talked about um, the country. We talked about um, meat and like the industry. And those meat are three, industry, three things for me. Capitalism. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's got a lot to it. If you watch it thinking about those things, it's, it's really... I don't know if he meant all of those things, but it really... It really does come through. Oh, the 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 meat industry thing. Yeah. Um, apparently, Guillermo del Toro said mm. he stopped eating meat for a while after he watched this movie. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wasn't around when it first came out, obviously, but it, it affected me, but not in that way. But I could totally see that. I would. I would totally. say that I am. I am confirmed in my vegetarianism. And after that, no doubt. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does not make me want to stop being a vegetarian. No, no. at all. I, I, I cannot imagine um, that it would do that. I think the the one other thing we should make sure that we let everyone know is that all the contrary contrary to the opening voiceover. Oh yes, yes. This is not a true story. No, it's not. Sadly, no. However, it is loosely based on oh. the Wisconsin. So thank killer, you. I was gonna... Ed Ed Gain. Ed Gain. Okay. So I, I'm I more than more it. than happy. One of my specialties is psychos as well, so I'm more than happy to talk about that. Yes. So he's a creepy, okay. creepy oh, fuck. Oh boy. So um, Toby Hooper, I guess. Ha- oh, so one of the stories is he got the idea for the movie also from standing in line during like Christmas season, getting angry oh, yeah. as could pot. The line's too long. He's trying. He's drawing crazy. He's happened to be by the power tools, and you know, we all think about this, no matter how crazy it sounds. We all say, oh, we look at a chainsaw. Well, that would get me out of here pretty quickly if I carved all these people up. So anyway, that's mm-hmm. one idea. But apparently he had some Wisconsin relatives. So anyway, here's the deal. Ed Gein was mm-hmm. an uh, interesting man who lived in Plainfield, Wisconsin, which is like dead central Wisconsin. And he uh, was pretty much a grave robber and a necrophiliac. And what he did was he did odd jobs around the area. No one knew him well. Everyone knew he was weird. But he had dug up, he lived with a mother who was crazy religious, sheltered him, his whole, he lived with them his whole lives. He never really knew much about the outside where she said every, every woman was evil. Um, he had, she had him totally under control. She died and his world ended basically. He kept his house and he kept her room and all her room like the way it was, right? He killed a couple of women in the town. He confessed to the murders. It was very strange. Think about this guy was he was still like the gentlest, nicest man. He wasn't violent. He right? was also a body snatcher. Yeah, pretty much. He 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 was the boogeyman. He he really yeah. is the boogeyman. So anyway, so his relatives told who Toby Hooper these stories. So here's a couple things. So remember the chair she's tied to, made of arms, mm-hmm. human arms. Yep. The, the police found his house. They found the house of horrors. They found yep. the women gutted out like deer hanging in the shed. They mm-hmm. found soup bowls made of skulls. They found one woman's head in a bag with tacks stuck in her face, um, belts made of nipples and leather from skin. So all the things you see in the movie, these are all things that actually that bone room was probably a room Ed Gein had in his house. Yeah, Remember or similar all, or something. Also, and of course, they found his mother's room boarded up pristine as the day she died when they found the house, by the way. He didn't mess with that. He left that alone. So yeah, all the stuff you saw, that was what Ed Gein did. Now, Ed Gein is the inspiration for Leatherface. 
He's the inspiration for Psycho. Psycho. Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And any you name you name the movie. So he he was the first real life boogeyman. Now of course we know all these psychos that have existed ever since him, but he was really the first one yeah. to emerge. So he was uh, active in the fifties. Yes, he was caught. They they finally caught him in the late fifties for everything yeah. he had done, and he, he lived his life out in a mental hospital and died in the eighties, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. he's pretty terrifying. He he really actually is the boogeyman. So. Yeah, all that stuff in that house, that house of horrors, like as disturbing it is to watch on film, the police found this, this was the house was real. They found that in Wisconsin in his house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you for mentioning. I almost had totally forgotten about that. Yeah, I can't forget that one. Yeah, so that's crazy. If you ever want to read stuff about him, do so at your own risk, but um, very crazy story. So, yeah, it's, it's loosely based on a lot of that stuff, too. But, and then, um, was there something else I was going to mention? Oh, there's a great song by White Zombie um, that. Mentions. Is this uh, the second time in a row you've gotten to bring yes, up White Zombie? I think it is. Yes. I think the song is called <laughs> More, please. I think the song is called Creature of the Wheel. And I think in the song, they keep mentioning in the chorus who will survive and what will be left of them, which of course is the tagline from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So. Yeah, so there's this other song that it really reminds me of by the Talking Heads. It goes, Psycho Killer. Yeah. Guess que say. Yes. <laughs> Great song by Talking Heads. I think that was in a Simpsons. I think that was in a Simpsons episode one time too. Yes. We need to incorporate more. We need to incorporate more Talking Heads into. Um, run, 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 yep. run, run away. Well, if we ever review American Psycho, uh, I'm sure Talking Heads oh, is in that yes. movie somewhere, isn't it? I'm sure it's got to be. It's got to be on the soundtrack somewhere. It's got to be. Yeah. I can't remember, but it's got to be if it. So yeah, you know yeah, we do have to do that movie. That's a pretty iconic movie too. Oh, I, I love it. Anyway, yeah, this this no, this film has a very deep, yeah, very good impact on me, and I, I love it a lot. And I went to the Museum of Modern, so they made it. Uh, the Museum of Modern Art makes a statement, I guess, or whatever they say that they then add um, into their collection films every once in a while, you know. And they decided to add this movie to their permanent collection recently, and recently meaning like 10, 15 years ago. I don't know. Um, and I went in there last time. I went to MoMA, and I went to. I was walking around the reception desk or whatever, and the woman was asking if we can help with anything. And I said, "Do you have the actual print of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre here? Because I want to see it." And she didn't even know what I was talking about. And I said, "Just forget oh, it. Never mind." Oh, <laughs> poor sweet little lady. Because because they keep all these reels, like I think in a warehouse somewhere in like middle of nowhere in New York, I guess. To, with mm-hmm. her, and every once in a while they screen them, I guess. But for those of you that, out there that think it's a depraved movie. Um, obviously, Museum of Modern Art disagrees with you because it's part of their collection. So that's usually what I, that's usually my, my argument to folks who think these movies are, are trash when I tell them that. I tell, yeah, them gar- I, I tell them garbage doesn't go to museums of modern art. So No, doesn't go to the MoMA. Nope, doesn't go to MoMA. Um, so, yeah. So uh, let's see. Is there anything else we've seen? I think we covered like <sighs> pretty mean, much everything we like could there. Like I said, I could there. go forever and ever and ever, but. Yeah, watch the sequels at your own risk. Um, if you want yeah. to, you can watch. But you said the remake's not that bad. I enjoy both the remake and the prequel very much. Yes, I do. Okay. Now, if you want to, watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of the Next Generation, only for the fact that it was not their first, but one of oh, their first. yes. Matthew McConaughey and Renee mm-hmm. Zellweger, both, yes. are in this movie. And it's like one of their first two movies they had ever made at this point. Uh, I think I, yes, I think McConaughey. I definitely watch that. I think McConaughey had done Days to Confused at this point, because that would Days to Confused ninety three. Maybe he had just done that, but I don't mm-hmm. know that Renee Zellweger had done anything yet. So yeah, it, yeah, it, I definitely am going to watch that bad, just for the just oh, for the chuckle factor. It's a bad movie, but um, yeah, take the sequels like I said if it, it, at your own risk. So, <laughs> but the legend goes on forever. Leatherface. I mean, that's always the mm-hmm. conversation of. You know, Leatherface versus Freddy or Leatherface versus Ash or someone like that. Who yeah, would you want? Yeah. Like, who are you most scared of? And I'm most scared of Michael Myers, but a close second is Leatherface because that dude is no joke. He's, he's scary, man. He's pretty I terrifying. Don't know. He's scary. Because he's, 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 he's straight up human. He's not like, you know, yeah. a ghost. I mean, this dude is like a human being. Yeah, he, oh, he just seems more real. And, well, yeah. because he's a human being, he seems more, more likely to actually exist. <laughs> All right, on that note, before we go, 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening so more people can find us. And send your movie suggestions, your thoughts on movies we've watched so far, whatever you want to tell us, really. Send it anything. to... Yeah, anything. If you want to tell us about, you know, your dogs. Hey, oh, dog pictures? I'll take dog hey, pictures yeah, all not? day, guys. Send us corgi Especially photos. dogs dressed up in Halloween costumes. We're getting close. Let's let's do that. I'll what what do we want? we want? We want photos of corgis and Boston Terriers, right? Corgis and Boston Terriers. Really, yeah. I'll take any Anything. dogs. Yeah, we'll take I love them. dogs. Yeah. I'll take any <laughs> dog pictures. Um, so send all those to us at the scary movie project at gmail.com. See ya. Later. The Scary Movie Project podcast is produced by Tara Garwood and Matt Lulich. Learn more at thescarymovieproject.com. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.